Hi, this is Andrea. And this is Fiorenza. Welcome to the Belonging Project podcast. We are so excited to have you here with us. The purpose of this podcast is to bring voices together to talk about belonging. Through inspiring real-life conversations with our guests, we learn about how belonging can show up in so many different ways, what it feels like to belong, and the impact of truly belonging. In each episode, we will offer you inspirational and practical strategies to find your true voice in your life, in society, and as a leader. Let's dive in. Our guest today is Audrey Brown. Audrey is an expert in diversity and inclusion. She draws her inspiration in DNI from her lived experiences and 15 years of experience working in multicultural and multidisciplinary teams. She holds a double Master's of Arts in the Studies Management of Cultural Diversity and Global Communication, which she completed in 2020 to deepen her knowledge in DNI. Audrey's ultimate goal in life is to help organizations create diverse and inclusive environments where people can be their authentic best selves and have a sense of belonging. Audrey has a bicultural and multilingual background. At the age of five, she and her family migrated from her birth country, Suriname, to the Netherlands as political asylum seekers, where she has been living since. Dear Audrey, thank you so much for being our guest today. We are really excited to have you here, sharing your story and your experience toward belonging with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Absolutely, Audrey. And, and to get started, we'd, we'd love to know more about you, your journey, your story, in your own words. Well, um, So um, as you have already explained, I have a bicultural background, which means that um, I've been raised um, with two cultures, the Sunamese culture in the house and the Dutch culture outside. Um, belonging has always been a topic in my life since growing up. Because when you move to a new country, you have to find a new home. So, um, and you need to get a sense of belonging. So belonging has, has also played um, a significant role also in my life um, from an educational point of view and from a professional point of view. So at a certain point, I started doing studies that were more related to the international side of companies, going to diversity and inclusion, um, And that's where I learned that the feelings that I was having of not belonging at times are also experienced by other people. So I wasn't alone in the feeling of belonging or not belonging. So my profession um, started in um, customer support. And at a certain point, I decided that I was going to invest uh, in the knowledge of diversity and inclusion, but also in communication, as I feel that it plays a major role in belonging. So I, um, additionally to the, to the management of cultural diversity, I also studied global communication to help others. Um, and that's where I moved away from customer support to diversity and inclusion expert, taking with me the knowledge that I had 
from collaborating in um, multicultural environments and multidisciplinary teams and solving complex projects from, a, from an intercultural lens, mm. if you understand what I mean. So where, when you talk about multicultural more often, especially when you look in the Netherlands, um, people talk about multiculturalism, but actually when you look deeper or more focused, you will see that the multiculturalism actually means that you have people living in certain areas that have the same background, same religion, because there they have the sense of belonging or they feel safer. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to, to do is in most companies, because in the Netherlands, I have the feeling that they haven't invested enough in diversity and inclusion, giving people with a diverse background a sense of belonging. So helping organizations become more diverse and inclusion, giving people a sense of belonging, because that's what's important for me when mm -hmm. I had my experiences in, in companies, having a sense of belonging within those companies. So, yeah. And thanks for sharing that with us, Audrey. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit in terms of if there was a situation or 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 something where you decided to move from customer support into DNI. Um, as you said, that the belonging theme was also a thread for you that has been important throughout your life. Um, mm -hmm. What made you take the leap? The reason that I took the leap, <laughs> the leap of faith, the leap of changing career. <laughs> um, actually, I worked in a company previously where I totally didn't have the sense of belonging mm -hmm. because of the color of my skin. It wasn't celebrated at all. I remember the first day that I, that I came to work because I was working in a company where I had like lovely colleagues, really. And then I decided that I needed more challenge. I needed a more challenging uh, uh, job. So I quit the company. I was hired at another company. And the first day of my job started with the words, wow, she's black. Wow. And I was totally shocked when that happened because the person, the colleague at that time that had to introduce me um, to that other department, she also didn't, the, the only thing that she said was like, you can see that she's not black, she's brown. She's darker, but she's brown. So my color wasn't celebrated at all. And I noticed when I started working in the team that I wasn't going to feel safe because I was bullied, because of who I was, because of my identity, because of my color. And I didn't even, um, I didn't feel courageous enough to go to HR because of the fact that other colleagues in that company, there was no one who gave me the feeling or that I could go to HR mm -hmm. and have that discussion with HR like this is what happened and I don't feel safe. And that was my first day at the job. I stayed for nine months. Anyways, I didn't stay for the rest of my life, so I haven't been damaged too much, <laughs> luckily. But what happened is um, the last company, I have worked with other companies where um, I did feel safe and I did feel a sense of belonging, but my experience with that company was already 
a trigger point for me that at a certain point in time, I was going to do something else. I was going to get go in the field of diversity and inclusion. I did. I just didn't know mm-hmm. because I always say the universe has his plans or her plans. We just don't know what is coming in the future. So I started working at a certain point at a, comp- at a company named Jamalto. And it was a company where diversity was celebrated. Mm. You see, I'm wearing a headscarf right now. I remember the first day when I went to work at Jamalto with a headscarf and I felt really nervous because I didn't know how they would react to the fact that I was coming with a headscarf or the fact that one day I would come to work with my hair out in an afro, Mm -hmm. which is part of my identity. So it was very much celebrated. Um, And due to the fact that I know that um, it's not in every company that people's identities are celebrated, I knew that I had to do something in diversity and inclusion. And that's where I made the switch. So after five years, uh, almost six years working at Jamalto, I decided that I was going to pick up my study, which was management of cultural diversity. I first started with management of cultural diversity. And along the way, I also picked up the global communication because I noticed that communication plays a major role. The way we communicate to each other with respect plays a major role. So that's where I made that switch. When I saw that, yes, identities can be celebrated and we need to do more for identities, different identities to be celebrated within organizations. That's such a powerful story. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people would resonate with this story. Because sometimes I noticed, I don't know if it was your experience when you had that experience, sometimes people just don't know. Don't know how to, what to do. I, I don't know, they just don't know. Exactly. So there, there is so much work to be done mm-hmm. still, because the thing is that we do not get educated when we start primary school until the moment that we leave and start our profession. Many institutions in the Netherlands, educational institutions, you name it. I have a feeling, I'm not sure how it is at this moment, while, while I was growing up, they did not invest time in teaching pupils, students, how to live together from a diversity perspective, include others from a diversity perspective, you know? So then you come in these organizations and people misbehave because they haven't been taught how to do that. And that's why I believe within organizations, there is still so much work to do because they haven't been raised. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like um, for the people who are who are um, experiencing um, the lack of knowledge on diversity and inclusion, how to behave towards others, um, how to include others. They need to be taught. They need to learn, and that's why people like m- myself we need to come in the picture. And there's so many, so much more work to do here in the Netherlands. You know, there's so much work to do to transfer knowledge. And I'm so glad you mentioned the the communication um, 
piece. It's it's so important to realize the the power of words and also the power of the nonverbal communication. Um, the, exactly. You know, the the scenario that you've mentioned about you going um, to you going to work at Gemalto with a headscarf, right? I can see so many different scenarios of someone who is genuinely celebrating that has the communication tools and skills, right? To to do it genuinely in a way that feels that make you feel included and that you belong there. And also someone who wants to acknowledge that and say that and has no tools or skills whatsoever because of the system and, 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 and all that. And then of course, there will always at this point in time, unfortunately, be people that will fall into the microaggression space and, and so on. Um, exactly, exactly. When people lack the knowledge of how to communicate with others, then you come in a space of microaggression. Yeah. Sometimes it because, it's because they have certain unconscious biases, mm -hmm. right? Because they haven't been trained. They haven't been trained in school. That's where everything starts. Mm -hmm. They haven't been trained in school. They haven't been trained by their parents because their parents are also not knowledgeable, right? Um, how to speak to other people in a way that celebrates their identity. So people might make remarks that are really inappropriate or feel really inappropriate, perhaps because they don't know better. But at the same time, we also need to take our responsibilities. So, for example, I, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't, felt, I didn't feel courageous enough when I was working in the company that had the issues with my... The, the thing that I need to mention is not everyone in that organization had the same thought because it was it was an organization that was predominantly white, right? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why they made the the, the comments about the, my, the 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 color of my skin. Also because they were predominantly Protestants or Christians, so they didn't have any knowledge of religious diversity. Mm -hmm. There were no people there with disabilities, so they also don't have any knowledge about that either. And there, mm -hmm. of, of course. Perhaps there were people working there with a certain form of neurodiversity, but as long as people are not trained or not taught, the knowledge is not transferred to them, how to interact with, with people with a different background, you will have situations where microaggressions occur because of lack of the knowledge and the awareness Hello. of the biases that they hold. They are not aware of the biases that they hold and that those biases in no reason whatsoever are correct. As long as you haven't spoken to a person because most of the biases, they are based, they are grounded on, you know. So to come back to the microaggressions, Microaggressions are really things that people need to be taught about, especially if companies want to invest in diversity and inclusion. They really need to invest in making people aware of the biases that they, that they, that they hold to mm -hmm. take away microaggressions within their companies.
because that can be one of the reasons that people do not have a feeling of belonging because there's no psychological safety. Every time a microaggression occurs, people will have the feeling like, wow, what the heck am I doing here? I am being perhaps attacked. I feel attacked because of the person who I am, right? Because, because of microaggressions. And it might sound like something small because you, you're, the word micro is in there. Like it's, it's something small. And it all, it, it's all those small things that make a giant hill at a certain point. I have one of my networks on LinkedIn once, she, said, she shared a post and she said like microaggressions, you should perceive microaggressions like, being in a space with mosquitoes and being bitten all the time, right? At a certain point, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if you ladies know how it feels to be bitten by a mosquito, but... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we know so, how it feels so, to feel the microaggression in our own skin. Okay, so. good, good, because... So I, 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 okay, good, because I might be giving an example and you might be thinking like, well, I don't know what she's talking about, you know? So that's why I need to ask. But at a certain point, you will start... You will start flapping your hands around. You will start, you, you will try to kill those mosquitoes, right? You're not trying to kill your colleagues, but you're trying to, I will use the, stop. You, you will try to make it stop. You will try to make those microaggression stops. And, and it might, at, at, the, at the moment that you start communicating it, venting it, ventilating the fact of how you're feeling, people may experience it as like, why are, you, why are you being so sensitive, right? But it's those microaggressions that are giving people the feeling that they don't belong every time that, there's, that there are microaggressions. So people need to be, need to be taught about yes. that. That's one and of the things. Even, uh, I would say, even the, the people who see the diversity to understand the diversity and even for who is... Um, let's say, being attacked in some way. Because, for example, in my case, when I was living and working in Italy, I didn't know at that time, of course, it was 20 years ago, but I didn't know the word microaggression. I didn't know that, like saying, this is yellow, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when we don't know, we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. We so don't we have the, the silly side. We have, for me, was kind of like I was, because I didn't feel the sense of belonging, I was trying to fit in instead exactly. of belong. And nowadays I have situations with clients, like there was an uh, Indian um, person that she lives here in the U.S., amazing woman working technology. She had her annual review and she uh, performance review. And she said to me, now there's something that happened in the conversation with her boss, Andrea, this is microaggression. This is not something that someone told you. So what you are saying, Aldrin, is so powerful because it is in the both sides. Exactly. And sometimes you don't know exactly what you said, what you don't know. You know what you're feeling. Exactly. Just like belonging is a feeling, you know that, w- that what you're feeling 
is okay or not okay. You mm. know that you're feeling a microaggression, but you haven't been taught the word to use the proper word to use to make it to, to make people aware of what you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So I do understand where you're coming from, and I do understand that sometimes you. That's why I said people need to become more knowledgeable. They need mm -hmm. to learn. We need to learn. Um, and I also have the feeling that perhaps at the moment that, because for me, as I learned, I came to the discovery how to protect myself better. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling that we shouldn't be living a life that you want to protect yourself all the time, that you're not feeling safe, right? That you, that you do not have the feeling of belonging. But when it comes to learning the right terms to use to protect yourself, that's when you, that's when you become more courageous, right? Because it takes, for, for the people that are experiencing microaggression or that are not experiencing a sense of belonging, sometimes you just don't feel courageous enough to speak up in, to, to create a, a, a place of belonging for yourself. Yeah. You don't know. Because if she hadn't told you that this thing that you're, the phenomena that you're feeling is a microaggression, you might not have known how to respond or how to, how to defend yourself or how to just be courageous mm -hmm. and just say, perhaps tell a colleague, I didn't feel courageous enough to tell those colleagues like, what you're doing is not okay for me. Yeah. Not making me feel safe. I didn't feel courageous enough to even step to HR because it wasn't the only person in the sense that more colleagues were doing the same thing gave me the feeling, you know, there is a analogy of um, Vinay Myers that a lot of people use, which is uh, for diversity and inclusion, which is diversity is being invited to a party mm -hmm. and inclusion is being invited to dance. Yeah. Well, when I went to work in that company, I felt that I was invited to the party. Mm -hmm. And I had a feeling that I would be included and that my input would be used or the way I bring myself, my identity, etc., that it would be welcome. But I didn't feel welcome, first of all. And I wouldn't say that belonging also, or many more other ingredients, because actually, when they started bullying me, that for me was them telling me, this is how you are going to dance at the party and you better not complain, right? So I was afraid to go to HR, And I, didn't, I, and I didn't feel courageous enough to tell them like, well, looking back, I used another tactic. Instead of <laughs> telling them like, I, I don't feel, it's not okay for me the way you're treating me. I started, because I have a sister who's, who's, who's very communicative and she has experienced bullying also. So I started using other tactics. So for example, when one colleague once told me like, Yes, I know that those guys of your Surinamese community, they have women and they make so many children with them and then they dump them to find someone else. I hope that you will find a man who makes 12 children with you and dump you also. And I was like, Gosh. what the heck? <laughs> what the heck? So I just looked at her and I said, okay, thank you for your blessings. But the thing is that I hadn't learned, I hadn't taught myself how to communicate when being in a situation of being bullied, mm. right? I didn't know. And 
I'm, I'm really grateful you, you've shared that, that story with us. Um, it, it's a work in progress in a way, right? And there's so many different situations where we, we look back and we think, you know, I should have done this and this, but it also sounds like in the moment you found, you found a way to protect yourself. Yes. Um, and still be able to find what you needed to move forward, right? And maybe that meant at that point in time, moving to a company where you would be, where your identity would be celebrated. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that's why I said I only stayed nine months. And those nine months mm -hmm. were actually really long, but fortunately not so long for me to be damaged because people can, get, can, can, can become really damaged because of not feeling celebrated in their work not being able to bring their authentic self. Yeah. You, know, you know what it is? Bringing your authentic selves to work is already so difficult. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. It's really challenging. It's, it's, for example, like me explaining that I went with, with my head wrap to work, being really nervous because I didn't know how they would, if they would accept it. Mm -hmm. Because really, mm -hmm. belonging is, 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 is also about acceptance and feeling free mm. to be yourself right totally so absolutely it can be challenging to bring your authentic self to work when it comes to belonging if you want to have a sense of belonging especially if it's not celebrated in the, in the environment where you are but it's not impossible it's so important. yeah <laughs> it's always mm. possible <laughs> it is that's that is so true um all right, let's move on to, um, so we like to end our, our interviews with some quick question where we ask you to answer with whatever comes up for, first without overthinking um, okay. the question. <laughs> so here's yeah. the first one. In a few words, belonging for me is? Being accepted, feeling free, a feeling of home. Oh, I love that. The feeling of yeah, home is so important. Ah. Our second um, question, the best advice that I received and that I'd like to share with others is? Well, it's actually a, a quote that has been used by Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> so it, 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 it's not the first time that I heard it. I heard it before. And it's, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So... Give yourself the space and the opportunity to learn. Mm. Gain knowledge because you don't know what you don't know. And it will, it will help you and it will help others to make a difference, especially when it comes to belonging. If I don't know why a person is behaving in a certain way, then I cannot help that person mm -hmm. or I cannot be helped. You know, so you don't know what you don't know. So open up yourself to gain knowledge. There is also another thing, another, I, I know you asked for one, <laughs> but, but, but when it comes to diversity and inclusion, there's this thing that I, that I, that I want to, this piece of knowledge, wisdom that I want to give to people who don't know 
that feel a, a certain have a feeling of discomfort when it comes to the topic of speaking with others about what they're experiencing, what they don't know, what they want to know more about. And that's use your discomfort to learn. Mm. Use it. Because you don't know what you don't know, but when you know, use your discomfort, discuss things, learn from it. So those were two that. things. I, you, you asked me for one thing, I gave you two. Two for the price <laughs> of one. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful that you shared the second one. That is so important to, to work with the discomfort. All right. And here's our, our last one. The world would be a better place if... The world, the world would be a better place if we would be able to embrace each other's differences. Embrace and celebrate each other's differences. I love how you use the word celebrate. Thank you. That. I love that word too. <laughs> celebrate. Celebrate, yes, yes. We need to celebrate life, right? Celebrate exactly. Exactly, you know the thing because we're rounding up, but the thing is that we need to understand that when we come in this world, the first thing that we are is a soul mm -hmm. and a body, right? And we're going through, because I'm also a very spiritual person and we're going through a passage, right? It's a journey, life is a journey. So celebrate it, give others also the opportunity to celebrate, right? So that's why I say embrace each other's differences. Yeah. Celebrate each other's differences. We didn't came, we didn't come to stay. It's a passage, it's a voyage. Let's enjoy it. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Audrey. This is was so special. You are so special. You have such a beautiful present. purpose. Yeah, presence and a purpose to bring this voice to the world. So keep doing this amazing everything that you are doing thank and you. we are celebrating you for sure and your work as well <laughs> yes. thank yes. you and i'm celebrating both of you ladies also thank you very much for having me and let's do more together it was really fun thank you for having me of course thank you yeah. so much audrey thank you for listening to the belonging project podcast we hope you enjoy our deep dive into belonging and listening amazing stories from our guests. We'd love you to share about the Belonging Project with your friends and colleagues. And also, we'd be delighted to connect on LinkedIn and share more about our experiences. Thank you again and stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>